This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia has cast a blow to climate legislation by pulling out of talks at the last minute after months of indicating that he was willing to work with members of his own party to pass legislation on the ongoing climate catastrophe. In response, President Joe Biden is reportedly considering declaring a climate emergency, a step that hundreds of environmental groups have been calling on him to take, and a step that would give him the executive authority to take climate-friendly action without going through Congress. Joining me now is John Beard. He's director of the Port Arthur Community Action Network and works with the People versus Fossil Fuels Coalition. Welcome to the program, John. Thank you, Sonali. Glad to be here. So how do you respond to what Manchin did? Um, to their credit, the big newspapers, the Washington Post and the New York Times, did cover in detail how he strung along his own party only to, at the very last minute, step aside and say that he wasn't going to participate and through months and months of work down the drain. Whoa, how did you react? Well, it's no surprise. This is his M.O. It's what he's done repeatedly. And I'm just amazed of the fact that we've allowed it to continue for so long without realizing that uh, this is just the way he operates. Uh, it's kind of the old bait and switch. You know, you give them a little bit and you hedge on it and you get their hopes up only to dash them time after time. I've heard it said that he's uh, that that we're kind of like Charlie Brown and he's like Lucy. Every time you put the football up and I'm going to let you kick it and just before you get there, pull it away. It's kind of like that. But it wasn't to be unexpected and it shouldn't have been no surprise to anyone that watches this on a regular basis. And in fact, it's really important to remind ourselves that uh, Manchin has deep ties to the fossil fuel industry, right? Not only to the coal industry in his home state of West Virginia, but he has his own private commercial interests in oil and gas and coal. That's right. And it should be a conflict of interest to deal with things like that. However, we know in Congress that a lot of them have a lot of their hands and a lot of pots and a lot of cookie jars. And we need to be mindful of that in dealing with them. But uh, I find this not to be so much as a downer, what we've been talking about and hearing lately. But I think it's really presenting us with a very unique opportunity because now there are no excuses. There's no pretense. There's nothing there to stand in the way of taking the necessary action to address this pending climate catastrophe. If I may, let me say something about that. Uh, I happened to attend the Sarah Week conference earlier this year in March. And that, Sarah Week, one of the first speakers, keynote speaker, by the way, was the U.S. Envoy to Climate Change, John Kerry. And John Kerry, as we all know, spoke, speaks about the 1.5 degrees Celsius, which we all know about, as being the target uh, that we cannot exceed without having a climate catastrophe. And we're fast approaching that now. Uh, and Kerry went on to say that for us to look at reducing our carbon output or footprint by 40 percent by 2030 was unrealistic and that it would crash the economy as well as crash the industry. But he did go on to say that by 2050, we could achieve this. But here's the problem in that he mentioned, that we would exceed the 1.5 degrees Celsius by 2.7 to 2.8 degrees Celsius. Well, that's game over for us. Life as we know it will not be what we've all become accustomed to. Our sea level rise will be an ongoing threat and presence with us 
places like Port Arthur that are located on the Gulf Coast, uh, we take protection from storm surge from those storms that begin with an H. And I don't like to say that name because they usually pop up when you do. <laughs> but they, uh, you know, if he does that, or if that is allowed to happen, then we will no longer be protecting ourselves from the storms. We'll be protecting, protecting ourselves from the Gulf of Mexico. So we can't afford to wait that long. This is an emergency that's in the here and now. We see it every day. And we're going to have to take the necessary measures. And now I think it's a perfect time to do it with Joe Manchin doing what he's done. Now Biden can take the necessary steps. He doesn't need their consent. Right. He can act and he can use his pen and the bully pulpit to usher in a new age of clean, green energy. Right. And, and if he faces pushback from his own party, or of course, he will definitely face pushback from the opposition party, he can say he's tried every method of doing what he needs to do legislatively. And this is a crisis that can't wait. A climate emergency is, is really his only option left. So what would declaring a climate energy allow him to do? Well, declaring a climate emergency would allow him to use his pen through the powers of his executive orders to bring into play uh, a national emergency and mobilize the resources of this country to address that emergency. Uh, the Defense Appropriations Act, he can utilize that. He can use the National Emergencies Act to speed up the implementation of utilizing clean and green energy to build more clean and green power plants and equipment, to look at investing more in solar and wind and other forms of energy, and to begin to draw back or to move away from subsidizing the fossil fuel industry and putting more subsidies in the renewables. That's what we need to do. And we've got to do it in such a way to help people who are right now, as we are here in Texas, suffering from this sweltering heat, spending a great portion of their incomes just to provide cooling and electricity. We've got to find some relief for people. That's going to directly affect what has been, ca what has been caused, actually, the uh, 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 fuel or uh, fossil fuel-induced inflation that's happened in this country. By reducing that now, we're going to reduce that inflation. We're going to bring prices back into what's more normal but it's gonna take a sacrifice. And I'd like to remind Joe Biden, he said that we have to make the hard choices and be willing to do so. Well, with all that's happened between the Supreme Court and now Biden, he has the perfect opportunity to be good on his word and we expect him to do so. Right, I understand that in Houston, Texas, there are multiple 10, maybe 10 days of triple digit weather, triple digit temperatures forecast. Europe is seeing horrendous heat waves in Britain, uh, more than 100 degrees. Uh, France, there are uh, temperature, high temperature related wildfires. And I'm here in California where we're going to see uh, some of that, um, you know, coming in the next few months, I'm sure. So we have this evidence of a climate emergency all around us. Right. However, I'm worried, and I imagine you might be as well, that given how much Democrats, not just Biden, but Chuck Schumer and others, were willing to compromise with Manchin, I mean, they watered down that climate legislation to please him way beyond what it ought to have been watered down. And then, of course, he walked away, but, you know, which, which does give Biden an opportunity to go further. But will he or will he end up 
watering down his climate action as well, because unfortunately, that's what Democrats tend to do. Well, that's where movements like the People versus Fossil Fuels comes in. We have to demand that he take the necessary action. We have to show the path forward. We have to increase the pressure. I was reading just this weekend of all the pressure mansions getting back home. Well, it's time for us to apply some pressure of our own. What's going to happen if you don't do this? And we need to hold each and every one of those congressmen and legislators, whether they're state or national, accountable. We need to hold Joe Biden accountable. You have to do this. When we talk about compromise, in some cases that's good, in some cases it's meaningful, and we ha and you need to do it. But in this, we cannot compromise. To water it down in any sort of way is going to further entrench the fossil fuel industry. It is going to further us into climate change and seeing these effects. We have to take action now. The action of exporting more fuels to Europe and other places to drill more, to produce more coal, all of this is going to lengthen the amount of time that we're going to be under the burden of fossil fuels creating a hotter planet, a more unstable planet. And just as you said, we see it all over the country. It's here now. This is not something far-fetched in the future. I've lived long enough to know that, to have read about it as a child. And now it's actually here. Now, and it wasn't anticipated to be here for much further into the 21st century. Biden could have used the oil price jump as a reason to pivot to more renewable uh, energy, but instead he has focused on increasing oil supplies to lower oil prices. He's traveled recently to Saudi Arabia on that point, dealing with an authoritarian government. Um, as if he had no other options. I, you know, I know that there's a lot of question um, and, and the defenders of fossil fuels who acknowledge climate change is real often say, well, we don't have enough time to pivot right away. We, we you know, it takes time and we have to have bridge uh, and transition uh, energy sources like natural gas. But of course, that just ends up lengthening the climate crisis and lengthening dependence on fossil fuels. So couldn't Biden have used the high gas prices that, that are hurting people at the pump to pivot to uh, focusing more on renewable energy? By all means, he could have pivoted. You know, we like to say there's no better time than the present. Everybody wants to push things off into the future, but the future is now. What we do now is going to affect the future. And if we're going to have the kind of future that is viable and allow us to be successful and allow our children's children's children to have a, a future that is meaningful in a livable planet, then we have to take action now and today. We cannot afford the, 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 the delay or the, the soothing sob of delay to postpone the future. The future is now. And he could have used those things to do it and to accelerate it. And because he's reached this focal point, he has to take action. He has no other choice but to do this and to do anything less, to take his hand away from going full blast into this is simply not good. It's going to be painful. You know, it's going to take some work to do it. Uh, but there's an old saying, with difficulty comes ease. If we do the difficult things, the the, the, the hard things become easy and the easy things aren't as, you know, really even difficult after all. So he has to pivot. 
He has to take that action. He has to seize the momentum. You know, I'm not a big fan of Joe Biden, of not Joe Biden, of Joe Manchin, too many Joes. <laughs> but Joe Manchin said something at the Sarah Week conference, and he said, if you allow the other side to take over the narrative, you're playing a losing game. You're playing from behind. You have to seize the narrative and seize the initiative. We like to say fortune favors the bold. Well, Joe Manchin, well, no, and again, too many Joes. Joe Biden has said that he wants to be bold, that he wants to be the environmental president. Well, dude, you got to actually do it. You can't talk it. And now we're at the time where it's going to be put up or shut up. You have to take the action. You have to use the power of your mighty pen and the power of the bullet pulpit of the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, to set the tone to make this happen. And we can't go for false solutions. You know, we keep hearing all the talk about more drilling so that we can have access to more oil. But now we're exporting more than we're importing and prices are on the rise. They're slowly now beginning to come down. But instead of exporting more, why didn't we keep more of our oil to be oil or energy independent, as they say, but then use that as a means of transitioning? There are a lot of mixed messages that are being put around out there. And he's playing up to them. He's trying to do all things for all people. But you can't do that. There's only one way out of this. We have to keep it in the ground. We also have to usher in clean, green, renewable age of, of uh, energy. And we also have to use a climate emergency, declare that emergency, and initiate the Defense Appropriation Act and the National Emergencies Act to mobilize this country's great resources to solving this problem and to providing or creating for us a better future for all. As if Manchin's um, stymieing of the talks was not enough, as if high oil prices was not enough, Biden also faces a prospect of his party losing control of Congress and faces uh, very, very appallingly low poll numbers. We know that it's popular to take climate action, that, that polls are showing that it's popular among the American public, including conservatives, to take action on climate change because people are seeing around them the changing climate. Isn't it a no-brainer for Biden to take this action, to declare this climate emergency, uh, even if he's just concerned about his own political future? You can imagine that declaring a climate emergency is a pathway toward increasing his popularity. You would think that, but you know, if it was easy, you would have already done it. Mm. And sometimes politics, we place politics ahead of people in our considerations. But he's also said, Joe Biden himself, that he doesn't do these things because they're easy. He makes the difficult and the hard choices. Well, Joe, right now, you're faced with that very hard choice to make, and it should not be difficult to do it. I understand you need to have a plan and put all of that together, but people like myself in the fossil fuel, uh, people versus fossil fuel movement and breaking away from fossil fuels and all we've talked about in that, we provided a blueprint and a path forward work with those people show them that they matter and their opinions matter and that you're going to work in this way and others will join and follow leadership means you have to take action and step out and you have to go to people and lead and encourage them to because sometimes people themselves really don't know that's why they have leaders who can extend the vision who can show them the path forward and who can lead them into a better future and to solve these very kind of problems. 
So now's the time for bold actions. It's not the time for cowardice to be worried about what's going to happen in November. If you take care of now and do what's right by people now, the future will take care of itself, regardless of who's in office. It will take care of itself. And if you do the hard work, people will follow, they will recognize it, they will see it. The solutions are there. The question is, do we have the will to actually do what it takes? And uh, on the issue of executive action, which of course Republicans are going to scream and shout about, um, their own president, uh, Biden's predecessor, never hesitated in taking executive action, even when he had no right to do so. He did it and paid the consequences later. He he acted first and then worried about whether he could or you know did actually have the permission to do so. And now that precedent is something that Biden could use in the interest of the planet's future. I mean, we're not talking about uh, doing something that impacts people negatively. We're talking about doing something through executive action that can only be helpful for people and the planet. So there's so many different um issues at stake there's so many reasons pointing to it and we're seeing reports saying that biden could actually go ahead and do it so i suppose only time will tell uh, whether he declares a climate emergency in the meantime are you hoping that um there will be some form of protest some sort of public pressure uh at biden in this moment to uh encourage him to take the step to declare climate emergency i hope so i like to speak of the fact that we need escalating pressure As I've been working in this movement uh, period of time, I believe that you take action, but then you always plan what's your next step. Even if it's successful, what is your next step from here? Where do you go from here? And Biden has to do that. You know, American people don't like weak leaders or weak leadership. They don't like indecisiveness. Even if you're wrong, it's better to be decisive and say, I made a mistake, but I did take action. I did do what I felt was best. And I could be wrong. But we don't like indecisive leaders. That that doesn't inspire people to do and give their best. And Joe Biden has to really step up to the plate and make this happen. You're right. His predecessor, man, did what he had to do. And, you know, damn the consequences. He was going to take action. He was going to be decisive. And that's the type of leadership Americans want and America needs at this time. So it's important that he take this action and to do so. I believe he will. I am praying that he will. But at the same time, I'm going to work to make sure of that by doing everything I can, encouraging everyone I can. You don't have to be part of a movement. You can be one individual. But if you believe that this is something that needs to be done, that he has to take action, that you need to notify your legislators. You need to call the White House. That number's available online. You need to write letters. You need to work with your friends and relatives and neighbors who feel that same way, because it's going to take all of us pushing to get this thing over the hump. And then we're going to have to sustain this work and effort through the long haul, even through November and the midterm elections. Because yes, the other side's going to try to use it, but we're not going to allow them to use it in a way which is negative and which is going to take our focus away from the real problems. While they're worried about an election, we need to be worried about people and we need to work to be working with Joe Biden and pressing him and Joe Manchin to do the right thing, to represent and support people and to declare a climate emergency and to move forward with the things that are going to usher in clean, green, renewable energy. John, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much.
My guest has been John Beard. He's director of the Port Arthur Community Action Network and works with the People versus Fossil Fuels Coalition. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website, risingupwithsonali.com, by becoming a subscriber. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RU with Sonali.